fired up. The snap, the put down, the swing of the leg. It is on its way. It is good! Cincinnati wins the American Championship. Here comes Bosa. Here comes the quarterback, Burrow. Looking for a block, and he got it up on the front by Hopkins into the end zone. Touchdown! What a skip! As there's a drive and a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4-0 ball game. So it is another episode of Pardon the Punctuation. I am your host, Aaron Smith, joined by Jeff Howe. And we are missing our third musketeer tonight in Ed Mayhall as he is under the weather. But we do have a fill-in special guest this week, joined by none other than ESPN 1530 producer, Taryn Bland. Taryn, how are we doing tonight? I'm all right. How you doing? I, I'm no musketeer, but I did graduate from Bowling Green, uh, so I guess I'll be a Falcon today. We are not musketeers either, but Ed's going to hate that I called him a musketeer. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that, Aaron, but that's I did. funny. totally <laughs> thought about that. He's going to be so mad. <laughs> oh, not even Ed. here to defend himself. Poor Ed. <laughs> not, and that's okay. <laughs> um, but you do produce for Mo Egger. Yep. Monday so through Friday, you- 3 to 6. Yes, sir. So you get to work with my other boss from time to time when he does his fill-in spots, Chad Brendel. How's it working with that guy? Oh, I love it. Uh, Chad's a, a little bit more into the music more than Mo is, and music is is kind of my specialty. That's what I, I provide to the show, just different types of music. And uh, Chad, Chad gets it more so than Because it's bigger it than hip-hop, right? That's what Dead Prez said. Big facts, big facts. Definitely <laughs> <laughs> but uh then you, you also work with mo so how is it working with mo on a daily basis uh it's for most part it's enjoyable um i do I, like i do you do have its moments where it can be a little stressful especially during like the downtime you're just trying to help provide something else to the show um but for, mo- for, for the most part i enjoy it mo's a great guy uh, allows me allows uh his guys to like I said really feel a part of the show instead of just telling us what to do. He actually listens to what we have to say when we have stuff to say. So yeah, I, I enjoy I enjoy it. So then do you also work with Jeff F F F F F F F Carr? Yeah uh for the for the most part like I say I guess we where uh co-workers here like he's the producer here as well. So Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, do you do like the phone screenings or anything like that when people are calling in? Yeah, I'm the first guy that people <laughs> they call in a mo. Yeah, I'm the first guy that they'll hear. So, Dude, so what is that like? Oh uh, man, uh, I just really want to know what people what you what you're calling and talk about, and you get most people want to call and give me their life stories. Like, just tell me what you want to talk about. I'll put you on hold. But you know, they want they think 
they think I'm Mo or Chad or whoever it is. Like I care about their opinion, which no, don't tell me, tell them. <laughs> help me help you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The more time you're talking to me, the, the the less time, less chance you have getting on with them. How often, how often do you get people that call in and like, just crazy, some, like, you know, like say that they're going to like, Hey, I want to talk about, you know, the, the Reds game this week or whatever. And then when they get on with, with Mo or Chad, it's like this like sideways story going uh, off some crazy land. Uh, not so much uh, on ESPN 1530. Uh, it's more so when I worked down the hall on 700 WLWs, we got a few more of the crazy people. Most for the most part, the ESPN 1530 uh, folks are are pretty are pretty sane compared to down the hall. All right, sounds about what I expected anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you can find Taryn if you wanted to check him out on Twitter at Taryn Bland. That's T A R R E N B L A N D Bland. Um, but we have you on because we did want to talk some sports tonight. So, first and foremost, the Reds are on right now. They are up 5-4 in the bottom of the seventh, and they've been put on quite a little tear here lately. Uh, right around the, the trade deadline and all of that, we saw the Reds make some moves, uh, but they've been just putting games together. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem that they can do that on nights that the Padres and or the Brewers also lose. So we're not really gaining any ground, but at the same time, right now, we're not losing any ground. And one of the points that I did want to make before I tr hear your guys' opinion on this is last year was a 60-game sprint, and that was the whole season. And right now, we have roughly about that left. So for all these naysayers that say, like, oh, seven games is insurmountable, or four games to, to catch the, the Padres, we're not going to catch them four games, that crew, are you kidding me? Anything can happen. Tatis is out right now. The Brewers, I, I mean, they're set up largely on pitching, and I, they got, what, like five guys out for COVID right now. So anything can happen in a 60-game sprint. So I'm just curious to see what your guys' thoughts are on, A, what the Reds have going on right now, and then we'll get into some of the moves that were made or maybe weren't made. Yeah, so, Not I, I, like you said, the Reds can't seem to – can't seem to win on nights that the Brewers lose, uh, which, you know, that happened again. I mean, the Brewers and the Padres both lost the uh, same day that the, the Reds had the, the heartbreaker up there in uh, in New York, which was a shame. Uh, but the Brewers now have uh, Josh Hader out on the, on the COVID. They went so far as to sign Sal Romano off of waivers. So hopefully that uh, that leads to a nice little slide for the, the Brewers here over the next I don't know, week and a half, but they, they also have an extremely easy schedule for the next week and a half, uh, playing pretty much all teams that are under 500. So I don't know that there's a true opportunity here in the next week and a half to do much more than uh, maybe maintain pace uh, with them. We got to wait till they get to the, the end of their schedule where it, it becomes more difficult uh, as far as records go for the teams they're playing against. Uh, and then... Uh, the Padres, I mean, they, they're in a, an awfully tough division out there. Yeah, they're they're down Tatis, but they made some big moves at the deadline. Didn't yeah. get Scherzer, though. No, they didn't. That went to the uh, the juggernaut that is the Dodgers' wallet. 
<laughs> so what do you got on the Reds, Taryn? Uh, I mean, if, uh, like I said, this is their time. This is their time to, I guess, have no choice but to make moves. I mean, if they didn't have to play the Padres at all, because it seemed like the, the times they were looking like they really gain some ground, it's like, Man, we gotta play the Padres, and you smack down back down to reality, and like those and those series hurt them earlier. Then obviously after the All Star break, uh, coming back and uh, dropping that series to to our Brewers uh, definitely didn't help either, especially again uh, all the momentum before uh, the All Star break. But they just got to, like I said, just got to uh, maintain their course. Like I said there, they have a, a easier path than uh, the Brewers as far as the overall uh, totality of the uh, remaining of the schedule. They just had to. I said, just stay their course, keep getting keep keep getting these wins, and um, and say hopefully, once the Brewers head out west for a, a few series, they, they they drop a few, or drop a a, a few against uh, some other opponents. But this is just one thing um, about sports. Well, about this Red seems like you hate to put yourself in that position where you have to rely on others to to lose. Like I much rather. I mean. I, I, we all much rather have uh, have you control their own destiny, and they kind of put themselves in, in, in kind of a pickle, like I said, relying on others to lose. But um, they just, I, but I think if, if they just ninety wins, I think that's what that's probably what it'll take to just get in the playoffs. Ninety wins for the, for the Reds. I'm not sure how many how many uh, games they have to win to get that n- number, uh, but ninety wins is I think is their magic number to get in the playoffs this year. So you're looking at. 34 more wins, which makes, I think that's a, uh, that means they got to go 34 and 22 over the remainder, which coincidentally is the same amount of wins and losses that they've had in the last 56 games. So yeah, you just got to do it again. Yeah, no, I, think, I think it's very, I think it's very doable. Like I said, they have a, a, a easy schedule for, for the most part. They don't have to travel out west no more. I think I know the Dodgers have to come here. I think in uh, September, but for the most part, pretty uh, uh, a very, very enjoyable schedule. Yeah, Reds. that's a good word for it—an enjoyable schedule. And I mean, I got to be honest. I think this is the most fun I've had watching the Reds. Last year was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong, but it was only fun at about the last third of that sixty-game sprint. And then it wasn't fun after they made and then, the yeah, then it. Yeah, then it stopped being fun. <laughs> and then you also had, I mean, when Puig was here, I think while we weren't winning a ton of games, they were fun to watch. But we're doing both the winning and having fun. And I don't know. I, I love to see Joey Votto just kind of being Joey Votto, like younger Joey Votto. I, I just feel like he's, he's just rejuvenated with this roster currently. Um I think these guys are honest to God, just having fun day in and day out. It doesn't seem like they're going through the grind and going through the motions of 162. It just seems like they're out there playing a game. And I don't feel like as a fan anyway, it's been this much fun to watch this Reds ball club as it has been this year in a long time. And I think that's, I mean, I mean that's like like projections. I mean, could come into the season like it, this is wide open division. Anyone could could win it, and I mean, it pretty much just got to take the the ups and downs of this roller coaster of, of a season. Like I said, we had our ups, we had our downs, and don't worry so so much about the future. I mean, obviously, everyone wants to win a, a World Series. I mean, that that's the ultimate goal. But just 
game by game, week by week. Just in, enjoy, like I said, enjoy what these Reds are doing so far. Don't put too much focus on October and and and, and down the road. Just, like I said, game by game, enjoy what the Reds are doing. I, I agree with you. Like this has been a, a very fun uh, season, a lot uh, to watch, especially with the emergence of uh, Nick Castellanos this year. Yes. <laughs> We, we've, so with, with Nick, I think a lot of that uh, also spills over to what kind of Aaron was saying with seeing Joey Votto be more uh, more Joey Votto, like in, in all right in all of his interviews. I mean, you see the personality and all that stuff coming through. You see the emotion uh, on the field come out a little bit more. Um, it doesn't seem like obviously that he's just there to like do a job and then go home. Um, they're having a good time. And then you've got your rookies. You've got, you know, India, who is, if he's not on the top of everyone's rookie of the year list, then I question their ability to analyze baseball. Um, and you got Tyler Stevenson, and you got guys like Jesse Winker. They're, you know, obviously not a rookie, but, you know, a younger guy in the clubhouse that's also having fun and having, and having success. And uh, that's not even know. mentioning Vladimir Gutierrez. Or Tony Santion, well, he's come he's, up and he he's come up and done his job. You're right. I'm you know, surprised I'm, he's honestly. I'm surprised he's down in AAA, and I'd be shocked if we do make the playoffs if he isn't actually on the playoff roster. Oh, but, if he does, I I don't know how you can take a Hoffman that, like a a Jeff yeah. Hoffman over a Santion into the playoffs, yeah, or even I, over I, a Doolittle at that point. Right. Oh man. Don't get me started. <laughs> oh man, that's not your guy. Oh, oh no! I must rather I must rather prefer the the doctor uh, that was back in the nineties, the Eddie Murphy, as opposed <laughs> yes. to the old white guy from like back in the in the seventies. Yes, Eddie Murphy, doctor. Yes, <laughs> that's a great movie. Great, I guess it's a series of movies. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I, I just don't, I don't, I back to the Tony Santion thing, like his, his appearance out of the bullpen. And I know uh, Brantley brought it up on the, on the uh, broadcast whenever he came in, like, he's like, he's just a bulldog. You know, he comes out there when he comes out of the pen, he doesn't have to like kind of ration his, his pitches Speak. to where he's like, Oh, I, you know, I'm only going to go, I've got to try and go seven innings here. He comes in, he's like, I got to go one inning and just mow everybody down. And, and he's got that, like, I don't know. When he comes out of the, like. Well, he picked up Velo. And, like, he's got that, but he's just got this, like, this presence In about him. Intensity. You're like, you're like, I don't want that guy throwing the ball at me while I'm up here, you know, trying to hit it. And he's raring back and throwing. I think he was he was touching high 90s. Yeah, he was uh, 98. Mm -hmm. But he's just, you know, that. He's like what I th when I think of a, a like a bullpen guy, that's the guy I think about in the bullpen. I don't think of like Jeff Hoffman coming out of the bullpen. He's so, gritty for sure. He's absolutely yeah. gritty. And I mean, to your point, you know, that's that you want that tough guy with that mindset who's like, no one can touch me. I got these little T Rex arms. No one can touch me. <laughs> I forgot about your. I forgot. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, so the Reds did make some moves to bring in some more pitching as we've touched on all season. I think everyone has, has touched on all season. Um, bullpen has been a thorn in David Bell's side. 
And love David Bell, hate David Bell, whatever you want to say about David Bell, all he can do is put out whatever relievers are in the pen. And maybe some of those have been questionable calls. Maybe they've been good calls. You're, you know, to, to each their own as far as that goes. But he's only left with the guys that are in that pen. That said, we brought in some backups in uh, uh, Michaels. Mike, Michael Givens, I'm sorry. Michael, Michael Givens from Colorado, Luis Sessa, and Justin Wilson from the Justin, Yankees. Yep. And I think they, in a in grand total, they gave up a bucket of baseballs to get those guys. I mean, they gave up nothing. Absolutely nothing. You gave up uh, Gudo, who was not good. No, Gudo is an extra trade. They got cash back for him. Oh, that was on the side? I thought that was like a, yeah, the, that was a player to be named later. No, that was an additional, because when they sent him down... They sent him down. They ended up sending him to the Rockies for uh, for money. I mean, we'll take it. Like, and and people who people who complain about like, well, would, this would have been nice two weeks ago. Well, two weeks ago, you weren't going to be able to make those trades and give up nothing, right? Exactly. The Yankees made the trade that they made, giving up Sessa and Wilson, so that they could clear some money to, to pick up Joey Gallo. With. To go get Joey Gallo and, and Rizzo, and Rizzo. So, right? Hey, they had to make, they had to give up some stuff so they could go get other stuff, and we capitalized. I'm all about that. Have at it. Well, and I, I don't, I don't think I've seen an outing from any of these three guys yet. Not Justin Wilson, who the Yankees were more than happy to get rid of with his 2.5 million dollar salary, uh, along with Sessa, who they did not want to lose, but you got to give some to get some, whatever. And then. Uh, Givens has been lights out. So I, I I love the moves that they made. I'm happy they didn't do anything to really mess with the core of this team, which you potentially we're looking at if you tried to make a move for, say, a Chris Bryant. Um, but they, they kept the core intact. They kept the future intact. And I don't know. What do you guys think about the moves they made? I, me personally, I, I enjoy the moves I make much, everything and any any moves. These three guys are much better than what the Reds bullpen has been, outside of uh, Antone before he got hurt and uh, Lucas Sims. Lucas Sims before he got hurt. Um, actually, I I don't think they're they're done. I'm in a belief. I'm one of those who think that uh, before the year's over, they're going to bring uh, uh, Hunter Hunter Green up uh, to help with the bullpen. I know he I know he has aspirations to be a starter one. His career, but just for this season, I wouldn't mind seeing him. Uh, especially if this team is uh, like contending, yeah, contending, uh, help this team in the bullpen. So, I think that I think Hunter Green will will, will see uh, major league action regardless, but especially if um, we're contending. Well, did you? I only saw today, and I think Chad put it out there uh, on Twitter, uh, but. I I didn't know that the September call-ups. You're only expanding the roster now to 28. Yeah, it's they, not it's not the what like 35 or whatever they used to have. Yeah. So the numbers the numbers got shrunk. I want to say 30. I think I maybe think, it was 30. I think it. I think that that went into effect or was gonna go into effect last year. Um, obviously, the season basically didn't start until September. Um, so. <laughs> I think that that's you, you still and you can still obviously add an extra player on on doubleheader days. 
Uh, but yeah, they, they shrank down the number of players for the expanded rosters. So that should be real interesting to see what they do with those. I mean, if you bring in, if you're bringing up Sims, you're bringing up Antone, you're bringing up Senzel, you're bringing up me. I don't. Mustakis is going to be back soon. Are you bringing? Yeah. Are you bringing Blandino back? Is there room for Blandino right now? I think I I, there is. I don't either, truthfully. But, and you also got to think about Jose Barrero. Mashing it, he had another home run tonight. I mean, I think last month the Reds had like the Reds had what the NL player of the month, the rookie of the month, and then Barrero was like the triple A player of the month. Well, I think it was like I thought it was East, like the triple A yeah, East player. That, I mean, however well, they it's divisions or whatever down there, but yeah. Player of the month. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's I guess a good problem to have. <laughs> Better than you know Years past it, like Oh, I know we've all talked about Farmer. He's been on a tear, been playing the best baseball of his career, um, and he's been doing it while injured. So if he does need a couple of days off, being able to slide somebody like Barrero in there, you know, when the minor league season comes to an end, and I still think that those guys can benefit more from getting every day at bats, obviously, and everyday work down in uh, in AAA. But when that comes to an end, and if you can bring him up and use him to to spell Kyle Farmer over at shortstop for a couple days. Well, the only thing about Barrero, as opposed to like bringing up an Alejo Lopez or something like that, would be the fact that if you bring him up, I don't know if that, even if it's in like during the September call-ups, if that changes their options. Um, but, if you, but he he was up he was up last year. I don't know is Clay. I don't know if Clay's still around over in the in the chat there, but um, you probably know better than. I don't, I don't know how that would work. Like since he hasn't been up all season, um, and like say you had to make a move to send him back down or something like that. I don't know how that would work. But yeah. if it's to win, I don't care. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I yeah, agree. Hundred <laughs> percent on that. So I don't know. I mean, it's going to be very interesting to go. I'm with Taryn as far as I think ninety is the magic number, and the closer you can get to that ninety, um, especially looking at the, the schedule, like, I mean, there's a real opportunity to do something like, I don't know, 16 and four over the last or over the next 20 games. Like you definitely have that opportunity with the teams that are in front of you. Um, I'm not going to say they're, they're going to go like an Oakland athletics a couple of years ago where they went like, I don't know, 20, no 18 and oh, or something outrageous. Like I'm not expecting that uh, you're going to have, you know, a day where you just lay an egg but it, it should be very interesting to see what they do over the course of the next 60 because, to Terrence's point, it, it is a very favorable schedule. I said, they, I said that they could potentially go 15-5 and five over that, that this, this little period that they're in here. Um, and, and the Brewers very well could do 15-5 and five as well. So, I mean, you, you've really got to, you know, like Terrence said, it, it sucks to be like, man – we're looking at hoping these other teams lose while we're winning, which is what you want to happen during the whole year. But at this point of the season, it's it sucks to think that like that's where your destiny is and not like controlling your own. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, question for for you guys: like, so like when these guys come back, like a Mustakis, Senzel, and and all the other guys we we just named come back, like, could that mess up like? what this team like currently has going on as far as like 
as far as like chemistry and and what they what Bill like has has with his rotations going on. It's like where like where do you play uh Sinzel? Center field. And do and, 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 and do you play him right away? Well, I, I think when you bring him up, I think he uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's been playing uh purely in center field now down in um in Louisville. I think he's taken all his refs in center field. So I don't think that they have any plans to put him on the infield up here uh, when he comes back, which, I mean, I don't know where you, you're not, you, he's not moving India off second. He's not moving right. Kyle Farmer off short right now. Um, and then with, he's probably coming back in tandem with Moose, who could go to, is going to be probably your, your third baseman. Uh, hey, look, there's Chad. There's Chad uh, in the chat. <laughs> uh, so I, I think I think you do. I think I think Sinzel probably platoons out in center field, um, and I think that Moose and uh, and Suarez end up sharing uh, time over there. Probably shaded more towards Moose, depending on what he's able to give you with his bat. I know he struggled a little bit um, earlier this year, but how much I, of that I, was plantar fasciitis? I mean, that's not and, something and that, that you just. And that's the other thing I know we've talked about in the past is his that plantar fasciitis. I mean, that stuff can it can creeps on you. It can come right back like that. I mean, he could feel great today and then can't walk for the next two weeks. Yes, Chad, so. we were talking about you. <laughs> we were we were bonding over the fact that we we've both more or less worked for you. So. <laughs> <laughs> You want to give a, a Chad a shout, Taryn? <laughs> oh, that's my guy. That's my guy, man. Chad, man, always, always, always hooks me up. Always brings some of the best food. Has some, has some pretty good wings. I don't know if, if you, if he's offered you some wings yet, but his wings are, are pretty amazing. Well, I heard those, he got. Are those Chad made wings? Yes, yes, home, yes, home, homemade wings. Yep. All right. With a little Carolina, Carolina, Carolina gold sauce. Yes, he loves the Carolina gold. He loves the Carolina gold. And I know he got you uh, hooked up with the the Hawaiian food too, right? Oh my! Some of the best food I've I've ever had. Um, <laughs> I, I, I I told him like if they they make it that over to UC for some of these football games, I don't even have to go to the game. I will show up just to go get some food and. And go back home and, and watch the games. But yeah, some <laughs> that food is, is amazing. <laughs> That's fantastic. I love to hear that. Dine so, in Hawaiian. That is it's a restaurant too. So the Dine in Hawaiian. I have no problem giving Sage Tolentino, the newest uh, basketball commit, um, a, a shout out on the pod oh, here. Is, is that the is that the food truck? Yes. Yes. The loco moco. My God, it's life changing. Like the gravy and the rice and all that, right? Wait, wait. Yes. The loco moco is that something they sell out of that food truck? Yes. Well, well initially they weren't going to, but Chad kind of talked him into it, right? I mean, he, I think he had to because, like, like I said, we've had fortune of having them twice, and like I said, just like I said, just, just life changing. <laughs> and be, be, be careful, be careful how you eating because, like, once you eat one, or like if you eat, like, if you eat more than more than two. You'll be ready to, to to take a nap. Like we had an hour left on the show after after consuming so many, and this it was rough to finish that last that last hour of talk radio. But uh, ready for a nap, huh? Yes. Is that, so is their food truck? Is it down like down here, like on the regular, or is it like a 
It's in Hamilton. I mean, he lives in Hamilton. Right. So yeah, yeah, it's out in Hamilton. Uh, okay. They they were trying. I think they were trying to uh, work something out to try to get him down there for like a uh, UC football tailgates over on the grid. Yep. So I think that they were trying to work am- that out last last that time. That sounds I- amazing. <laughs> so uh, Chad says uh, rice hamburger patty brown gravy over easy eggs. That's the the loco moco. Mm-hmm. That sounds fantastic. And and now we got we, we may have lost Taryn for the rest of the, the podcast here as he's just reminiscing about food that once <laughs> was in his belly. <laughs> <laughs> so I do want to talk about you, you brought up the grid. Seems like a perfect time to segue into UC football. So UC starts at Camp Higher Ground on Friday, and they're gonna be there for about two and a half weeks. Um I think they, they report on Thursday, but they had their first official practice on Friday, as I found out last night when we had uh, Brady Collins on the BBP. And I'm so excited about this season. I know Chad has somehow finagled a way for me to have a press pass and sit in the press box this season. Apparently, he announced it last night on our podcast. I don't know if I can do that this year. I wouldn't. <laughs> I would rather do that in a year where there's not expectations of a potential college football playoff spot because I don't know how I'm going to contain myself. No cheering, Aaron. I know. I don't know how I'm going to do that. (laughs) So I I have a big decision to make over the course of the next few weeks because I don't know if I'm literally capable of hanging out in the press box. Uh, But that said, Camp Higher Ground, Taryn, I want to take it to you first. What are some of the biggest things that you're excited to see come out of camp? Like maybe some of the, like, uh, like, I guess, position matchups or who you want to see and how they're doing currently. Like, what are some of the big storylines for you coming into Camp Higher Ground? I mean, just to continue uh, growth and development of, uh, of Desmond Ritter. I mean, I think he's the, the, the key to this all uh, for this team to possibly make, uh, go undefeated this year, which is, very, very doable, very likely to happen. Um, so just to continue to see, to see how he got, how he's gotten better uh, during his off season uh, after camp, and then also, um, also I'm, I'm, I'm just want to see how they implement uh, the few like Evan, like Evan Prater, like Evan Prater, if they're going to, if they're going to use him at, at, at some point this year too. I mean, because obviously this Desmond Ritter's last season, last year, and. I, I think I know Fickle's not a, a, a huge fan on on the, the using two quarterback system, but for for these few a uh, few games, I would like to see like UC get get out ahead, get out ahead um, a lot, and just see what Evan Prater could actually do uh, in real game in, in in real time, some taking some real some real reps. But for me, uh, like I said, just continue the growth of, of Desmond Ritter. Uh, the defense is it's, it's going to be solid. It's going to be legit. Um, but yeah. Uh, the, the growth of, of, of Raider for me is my biggest takeaway from camp. Sorry, I do want to correct myself. Not a field pass, a press pass. So I would be in the press box. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, no cheering at all. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> you thought you thought Chad was hooking you up with no, like no, the I knew package. I knew I wasn't going to be on the field. Like, I mean, that's even like you can get away with a little like yeah, yeah on the field, you know. But I can't, I can't do that up in the press box, like especially this year where there's potentially like actually ESPN games. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, for me, like I'm excited obviously to see Desmond Ritter kind of building on what Taryn was saying. Um, Des went through the, the Jordan Palmer camp this summer. So I'm excited to see like what his takeaways were from there and how that's going to translate onto the field. I think I'm also excited to have Jerome Ford be the guy and like to, to be the number one guy, but also knowing that we have Charles McClellan coming back off of his injury Everything I'm hearing about Ethan Wright is very, very good. Brady Collins said last night on our podcast that he's not been this excited about the wide receiver room the whole entire time he's been at UC. And that's not even mentioning Josh Wiley and Lenny Taylor at tight end. So while the defense is very, very ballyhooed, and we kind of know like between Myjay and Sauce and Kobe Bryant and Darian Beavers and Name a, I mean, the defensive line rotation is going to be deeper than we've ever seen it with, uh, you know, Briggs out there, his first year lining up with a Seapaw. It's going to be insane. You're going to, we're, I don't even know that we're going to see the same formation in a game with how many different rotations they have positionally. Uh, that all said, I think that the offense is in the shadows of the defense because of just, what everyone expects out of this defense. I did see the power rankings came out today where Cincinnati's at 11 in ESPN's preseason power rankings, or at least whatever was released today by ESPN. Um, and I, that's fine. Keep them off the radar. They're not in that top 10. Fine. I think Luke Fickle would rather it be that way. And I think they're going to come out with a chip on their shoulder because they know that they had Georgia on the ropes. And I think that's been haunting everyone on this staff and everyone who's a carryover from last year. And I'm so excited to see that August, or I'm sorry, September 4th kickoff against Miami and just to see what the season just lays out for these Cincinnati Bearcats. Yeah, I, I mean, you guys, you guys have touched on a lot of that kind of stuff. I, I'm most excited to see those early, those kind of early tests against, you know, Indiana and Notre Dame. Uh, they, they did have, Georgia on the ropes. It came down to a a monster clutch field goal, you know, to to, to win the game. Yeah, we talked to Ethan Tucky earlier this year. You know, you could tell. I mean, it was it was pretty soon after the it was the whole yeah. thing, but he was you know he still had that like, I mean, he was even excited before like everything has happened so far that you know they've been at at camp and whatnot. Um, to talk about how great they were going to be. And you just see all these hype videos come out and, and it just, it pumps me up. I just want to see them shut all the haters up that still don't believe that UC football belongs on a national, on a national stage. And when they go out and, you know, stomp a mud hole in, in Indiana and Notre Dame and continue right on rolling through an undefeated season and see how they, uh, see how they can try and, you know, work a way to keep them out of the playoff. That's nonsense. Well, so Indiana is ranked in the power rankings under us. 
Notre Dame is ranked over us, but the entire season hinges on those two games. If Absolutely you want, if you want to be in the playoff, if that's your ultimate goal is to be in the playoff, the entire season hinges on those two games. And I'm by We're, no means saying that you need to overlook the rest of the AAC because obviously it's conference games, and we all know conference games can all they can always be. I mean, heck, look how UC played like uh, ECU for the last few years or whatever. I mean, it was always seemed like it was like a nail biter when it shouldn't have been. Yeah. Uh, so you know, you've got those games that you can't, and I don't think Luke Fickle lets them overlook anybody. I don't think that that happens. I don't think that's something that happens in this team. Um, but you know, they've, they very clearly have very large targets set on top of those weekend games against Indiana and Notre Dame. And like you said, that if you're not, if you don't win those games and that that's not even bringing up UCF nip at night on a Friday night. No, they're not ready for that. <laughs> they're not. They're not. God, I'm so excited about this season, though. And I, I mean, I have, Taryn, to let you know, like, I have second row in the flat end zone seats, season tickets. So I don't know that I want to just forego that to sit in the stuffy press box this year. <laughs> like, I, I think I might be able to do that. I don't know, maybe next year. I could have done that any of the uh Well can you pick and choose when you when you go to the press box or is do you like if you go once we got to go for the remainder I don't know. of the season? I don't know how nice Kaz will play if I'm like, yeah, I'm not I can't do that for, for UCF and then but I, I do want to come back. I don't know yeah. how, if he's gonna play nice like that or not. Or <laughs> yes. if I if I get kicked out for, for cheering accidentally, my like I mean, I, I think I could handle myself in Miami, but like if, if, if I, if I go in and like just one time I'm like, Argh! and like I get kicked out, like, I don't know that you can ever come back from that. Like, no, you're, you're the cheer guy. You can't be the cheer guy. You No shot. Chad's Chad's telling me, no, I think that, that was in response to the, uh, you can't pick and choose. So, ah, uh, it's such a decision. I think I think you might. I think as much as it is to, to sit up in in the press box, I think you, I think you might be better. How I don't think I'm the locals. I'm, I'm not capable. I was talking to my best friend about this today. I'm like, I'm not capable. We're built different. Me and my best friend. Like my best friend, he's like the quiet, reserved guy, and I'm I'm not that. And so I'm like, I'm like, we are, we are built different. And he's like, yeah, you're a damn psycho when you get going. And I'm like, I know. Like I. I <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't. I don't think I'm capable of sitting Chad's, in that press Chad's box. About to, Chad's about to rescind the press box. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll see how that plays out. I got I got some some sleeps on that. I don't know how soon we need an answer, but I'm sure after I get off this this uh, podcast, I don't know if he's calling Taryn first or me first, but <laughs> either way, I'm sure I'm going to talk with Chad tonight. He's like, "What the hell are you doing, man? I give you this opportunity, and you just..." Shit on the hand that feeds you. <laughs> but you just uh, don't want to embarrass Chad up there. I mean, I don't want to embarrass. I don't want to embarrass anybody up there, myself included. Like <laughs> oh, he said, already on the phone to take his name off the list. Oh no, I I, I just don't want because because I, I I produce some of the the UC football games from on, on the radio side. I just want to hear. If I'm producing one game and it's a, like a close game, and then I hear a, a big noise in the background that's not Dan Ward or Jim Kelly, like, 
who is that? Then as as I'm being carried <laughs> off by my collar. Right. <laughs> like there's just a guy pointing at there and pointing at the door, like there there it is. Don't come back. It's, it's like the uh, the scene in Tommy Boy, like get out. <laughs> right. Do you guys do you guys validate? <laughs> get out. <laughs> oh gosh. I mean that is that, that's a big decision you gotta make there, Aaron. I know. But if you need somebody to fill those front row seats. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sure. <laughs> so I did want to touch though, because we haven't talked about it on this show. I know it's been talked about a lot lately, as I think uh Bearcat Journal has had like a hundred thousand hits on this particular page, which is insane. But conference realignment is becoming a real thing since Texas and Oklahoma ha- are are leaving the, the 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 comfort of the Big Twelve, and heading to what's going to end up being a gauntlet, I think, for both of them in the SEC. Now that said, that leaves a lot of question marks for every team that's remaining in the the leftover eight, as people are commonly referring to them as now, and what's going to happen with the American conference, what's going to happen with the PAC 12 as there's some talks apparently picking up there with potentially a, a PAC 12, big 12 leftover eight merger um, who ends up with the ACC. Cause I can't imagine they remain stagnant as the SEC is stacking teams. Um, I think even Florida state is coming out with like a public announcement that, Hey, no, we're not talking to the, the SEC which I think everybody knows is code for we are definitely engaged in contractual talks with the SEC. So who the hell knows what's going to happen? There's going to be a huge shakeup. I hope it doesn't end up with the SEC completely leaving the NCAA and doing their own thing as like this super conference that everybody's kind of talking about. That would be gross, I think, for the sport if you end up with like 24 teams in a, in a super conference that don't even touch anybody else. Um, and play for the national championship where no one else has a shot, even though that's kind of what's been happening over the course of our entire lives. Uh, but that all said, where do you guys think that UC has the best chance of ending up? And what what do you think kind of like some different scenarios are that, that shake out with this? Jeff, I, I started with Taryn last time. I'll start with you this time. Uh, I, I know we've discussed this before uh, off off the podcast off the air sure um i I really think that the most ideal place for you see the land is is in the acc if they can swing something there i know your good friend Coryville carl tweeted something out earlier about that whoever knows what'd you say that's not my guy Uh, (laughs) whoever knows if what he's tweeting is real or not or where he gets his info or whatever um but I think that the ACC is, is the probably the best landing opportunity. UC is not going to end up in the SEC. The no. the Big Twelve has a a very real chance to not exist for much longer or not exist at the same at all le- at, at the same scale uh, that they exist now um, or at all. I mean, they could they could literally you know teams could start going end up in the Pac twelve, but you know maybe a couple teams cherry go picking to, them. Maybe the Big Ten grabs a couple more teams just for you know, more media stretch. Um, so I, I think UC, if they're going to go to one of them, 
that the ACC should be the target and that's where they should, you know, edge their bet. Uh, I don't think you can... I mean, if it goes to a 12-team playoff and they're looking at, like, being the, you know, rolling their dice to be the team that is always leading the, you know, the... I don't even know if it's the group of five anymore, but that that tier, if you're looking at always being the team leading that tier to get your spot into the 12-team playoff every year, that's good, but the money's still not going to be there. If you go to the ACC, you're looking at, at the money. Right mm-hmm. now, you're riding a, a high wave, at, at least in, in football production on the field. We can all only hope that basketball is not far behind. I think you'd also hope that Clemson stays and doesn't end up being poached, Absolutely. poached yeah. by the SEC. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is I, I still, I, I mean, I feel like the ACC is probably also the only other one. I mean, you're not going to end up in the Pac-12. No. So, and they're they're probably a, at least a fairly stable conference. Like those teams aren't going to be joining you know, this direction across the country. And um, Ohio State's going to make sure that Cincinnati doesn't end up in the yeah, Big you're Ten. Not going, you're not going to go into the Big Ten. Um so I, I think going into the ACC is probably your best bet if you're going to be joining one of these bigger conferences. Um, and right, like I said, you're riding this high wave of production on the field and hype for UC. Uh, they also just no re- redid all the facilities. Both Nippert, right. Nippert and, and Fifth Third have had the upgrades since the last sure. time this all went down in 2016. So, so if you can slide into the a- ACC, I think, I mean, Luke Fickle's already proven he can recruit at a high level in a quote unquote second tier conference, what can he do if he, you know, and, and then, and just keeping coaches here, like obviously like Luke Fickle is, he's built different for, for lack of, like, I mean, he is. Yes. Any, any other coach at this point would have already been like, Hey, thanks for, you know, boosting me up the ladder and, and I'm out and I hope you guys continue to do well. Uh, but that's not him. And I think, you know, moving on up into the ACC is probably the target. What you got, Taryn? Oh, boy. What, oh, boy, has happened to my beloved college football with all this realignment talk. I'm quickly becoming one of those old men until my nieces and nephews. Back in my day, 10 years ago, college football was so much better. We had the Pac-10 and, oh, yeah, oh, my God. And a video game. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. We don't even have a video game anymore. Like, I know they're potentially planning on bringing it out, but I can only imagine the game mod that you're going to have to build into the game now if you're talking about, like, well, we're we're getting rid of an entire conference. Exactly. What? And have one super conference. Oh, my, yeah. Man, um... Well, as as far as you see, go, I I think the best bet is to is to go. If 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 the option becomes available, is, is go to the ACC. My only thing is, um, just how fast um, will a school like UC uh be able to uh com- compete in those in those conferences on 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 both the basketball and um football side? Because we know, as right now, as as far as we know, Clemson is still in ACC. How fast can they? compete for ACC title up there with, with Clemson, Florida State, if they ever decide to get their act together. Um, who the hell knows what, what Miami's going to do. But then also on the basketball side, I mean, you got you got the Blue, you got the blue Bloods, uh, Duke and North Carolina, which would definitely be fun to see uh, those those schools uh, come to Cincinnati um, each each year. 
especially during basketball season. But um, yeah, that's just my my. I think that that's the best bet for UC. But like I said, it's just how fast and once they get to the conference, how fast will they be able to get adjusted and be able to compete and start competing for America Conference championships and and and, and bigger and beyond. Uh, honestly. Well, and obviously there's some some ties to the ACC with John Cunningham. Um, I know he's got some personal ties with, uh, I believe, the commissioner, if I'm not mistaken, um, having worked under him at some point in his career um, or worked with him either way. Um, but no, to your point, um, absolutely. I mean, if Clemson, if, if like say Cincinnati was in the ACC this year with the team that they have currently built, I don't know that they wouldn't be competing for the actual conference championship. I think that's a realistic thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the only teams that you could potentially mention this year anyway, at least as we're looking at it right now on paper um, and, and power rankings and that kind of thing is North Carolina and Clemson. I think those are the only two right now, if I'm not mistaken, that are in the, uh, the power rankings. Um, so it's, it's definitely going to be interesting. I'm with you though, as far as it's gross what's happened with ESPN being in control of college football and more or less like what they say goes. I mean, we even saw the commissioner of the big 12 try and and do a cease and desist on ESPN. And they just were kind of like, nah, fam, we we good here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a signature at the bottom of the, the, I don't know what to make of that. There's not a single B in that guy's name, even though his name is Robert. Whether he's signing Bob or, or Robert, I'm not sure at this point. It was just a lot of lines, um, but there, none of them were Bs. I don't. We did not take the same cursive classes. He and I. <laughs> do you still? Are you do we see? You still even writing cursive? I I mean I know how to write my signature in cursive. I don't know when the last time like I wrote a, even a sentence in cursive. Right. But I could I could do it, but I don't even know that they're even teaching cursive in grade school anymore. Uh, they they brought it back. Good. They, they did stop for a while, but like, I like like you. I only write my name in cursive. I don't. I mean, I don't think I've ever. I remember having to write full essays had to be in cursive. That was even, awful. Even if you brought back like a font, I'm, I'm I don't even know that script font is even in cursive anymore. Like I, I think it's just fancy, but it's not actual cursive anymore. I don't know, kids, man. Kids these days don't write anymore. They just type everything. So it's just why, and even then, it's not even like actual good grammar, Ed. Um, and it's also not like punctuated correctly. Like the word A R E R is just the letter R U Y O U, or is is just the letter U. And don't even get me started on like there, 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 two, two, two. Oh man, yeah, yeah. Your, your. <laughs> Ugh. Tangent. Bring it back. Makes just just makes my head explode. But um, no, I mean it's. Bowlesby signature is, is absolutely wild. And, uh, you know, I mean, he did the cease and desist. ESPN has, has made just a, a mockery at this point of what college football used to be. And the TV money is getting outrageous to where you're talking about a record. It's, it's going to be a record-breaking contract when the SEC signs their next TV deal. But what does that leave left for your ACC, your even the Pac-12, like I mean, I don't know how much the Pac-12 even brings to TV. I think they're just on the uh, the late night tip for people trying to play the bounce back on money they lost earlier, and so they're watching like 
the late night Hawaii game trying to make all the money back from That's from me. everything that they lost <laughs> earlier in the day. Like it's wild, <laughs> absolutely wild. And the fact that gambling now plays an actual role in what these TV deals are going to be, because let's be honest, like the only reason I have cable personally is so I have the Reds game on. Like it, it's on in the background right now, but I know our co-host Ed doesn't get the Reds game. So he's trying to bootleg Reds. I hope the internet people aren't listening because he doesn't do that, but he's actually doing that. Um, you know, I mean, because, you know, Hulu doesn't have the rights or, or YouTube or whoever it is, that doesn't have the rights to Bally TV. So like the only reason people are, are still getting any type of live TV at this point, truthfully, I, I think the, at least the large majority anyway, is just for the live sports. So, I don't know what kind of role that's going to play in these TV contracts. I don't know what ESPN is going to do behind the scenes. Cause let's be all the way real. They're, they're just a thief in the night with all this shit, man. It's, it's gross. How, how a sport that used to be innocent has kind of morphed into this, this animal at this point, but I don't know. That's my little soapbox. Yeah. I almost cried the other, other day when, uh... I found out, I guess, the CBS. CBS won't be having SEC games no more in a few years. I was like, no, like that's one of the, one of the things I look forward to every Saturday, every Saturday, watching the SEC on CBS. But, oh, man, yeah, this I'm, I'm becoming an, an old man real quickly. <laughs> Get off my lawn, guy. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I think it'll be even more interesting to see where Notre Dame ends up with all of this because at some point they're going to have to like just have roots in they're, in a conference, right? But their TV deal is, is like stupid lucrative. But which is if the whole you're, reason they haven't moved football, I mean the rest of the rest of their sports are ACC. Depending on how the playoff is structured, how the conferences are structured, when all the dust settles after all this stuff, though they might have to be in a conference in order to be even a contender for the actual playoff. Yeah, this is true. If conferences are, are big enough that they, and, and don't have enough uh, out of conference games available to schedule, they're not going to, like you said, they're not going to be able to build a resume strong enough to, to be considered. It'll be real interesting to see when all the dust settles and who knows how soon that will be because they're talking about Texas, Oklahoma, not until 2025, but mm. no one actually believes that. So I don't know when the dust will settle, but I'm curious to see what the next domino is to fall. I just, any- I, I, I am excited that, that I feel like UC is, you know, in a much better place right now to make, yes. you know, to make a pitch and an offer somewhere without having to try and scramble the jets. I would absolutely agree to that. 100% agree. So as we're still talking about college football, um, I don't want to talk any more about realignment because that's plenty. Um, But Cincinnati dropped their Let It Fly video this week. So I don't know if either of you had a chance to watch the Let It Fly uh, first video in the uh, what's essentially the UC Hard Knocks. Did you have a chance to catch it? I did get a chance, chance to watch it. And I just so, have one question. Why wasn't yeah. I a DJ? Why wasn't I the DJ at Squad Fest? Um, you got to take talk? that. You got to take that up with Coach Brady Collins. You got to take that up with him, man. But I was at <laughs> Squat Fest, and that was that was outrageous. 
I mean, it was like seven in the morning. You got Brady Collins out here, just like amping everybody up. They're doing a jump, jump, jump. Everybody's in a, in a circle. We're, we're getting crazy. Get the fucking rope. And like, just it's seven in the morning dog. <laughs> like, on a Friday, and of course, like the kids are excited because they're like, it's seven in the morning. As soon as we get done with this lift, we're out of here for the a, a long extended weekend. But uh that was out of control crazy. It was the first one I've been to. You know, shout out to to Brady and, and Chad for allowing me to be part of all that, but it was insane. Um Chad did mention the DJ is Brady's brother in law. So I don't know if you're gonna get pool. With uh, with <laughs> with Brady Collins, as far as trying to be the DJ, when uh, unless you're trying to do like dueling DJs or something, I don't I don't know how that works. D- DJ battle, yep, D- a DJ battle for it. I mean, Ooh. I don't know that I don't know you could get any more hype than that, especially at seven in the morning. Just Make everybody, it happen, Chad. <laughs> but uh, it'd be it'd be old school versus new school, maybe. Ooh. That could be a good hype video, but uh, so so what what were your other thoughts though when you saw the Let It Fly video, Taryn? Uh, no, uh, like I said, uh, Squad Fest was was the biggest segue. I mean, like even though I, I, I wasn't there, I mean, and that what they shown in the video was just was just a, a glimpse of what it actually was. You couldn't help but watching that, but just feeling that feeling that energy and 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 getting hype yourself. Like my fa- that, my like, favorite part like, at Squad like, Fest. My favorite part of Squat Fest was like the uh, the 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 bags where they had like the body bags where they had the uh, punching bags, all that stuff, and they they had all like Brady had all of the uh, the opponents on the schedule this year on all the punching bags, and they just destroyed it. They destroyed all of it. Like there, I don't know that there was anything left taped on at that point when everything was all said and done. Like they were just. Like flying elbows and like I'll hold it up, you spirit. Like they just went insane when the different groups got to that particular uh, event, if you will, and it was absolutely wild. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't wait for part uh, for episode two. I mean, twelve minutes long is not bad. Which is which is a, a little bit longer, but I know they can. I guess you only allowed to show certain things, but um, definitely excited for uh episode two to uh dropping this friday um and then it was just seeing it, it was it was it is funny like watching the guys uh like be in front of the green screen and i and just saying like getting getting the crowd hype that's gonna be played during the games and everything that, that was fun that was funny to watch i agree the let it fly thing that, that's a gonna be what a three-part is it a three-part series i think it's gonna be five if is i'm not five? mistaken yeah. six oh six six oh, yeah good so Lord. I mean, See, you'll, you'll have over an hour of coverage. So I haven't watched it because I am of the ilk that I like to sit down and watch like a whole season's worth of, of things. You like to binge once. You, you are a binge, binge watch it. Yep. So I haven't watched it yet. Um, Chad said okay. six. So Chad says it's going to be six. Uh, so I have to wait till all six come out before I can watch them because otherwise I'm going to be mad when it's over and there's not another one to watch. <laughs> you're still going to be mad at the end when you're like, I just watched an hour's worth of UC stuff. But then and, the season, then it's all going to, they're all coming out before the season starts, right? That's true. So then right when it's over, bang, bang, right into the, right into Miami, season, and I, I can cheer and you can't. 
Yeah, I was I mean, about to say. I was about to say the last one is set to air September September third. So yeah, you could binge watch them all September third, right before the game on Saturday. Yeah, get hyped. Then the game, I'll be cheering. Aaron will be cheering. Aaron, be in the press box. It's it's TBD. It's it's TBD. All right. <laughs> Sounds like Chad already made the phone call anyway. So who knows? Aaron's back to the front row. <laughs> Second row, but that's fine. Oh, all right. Second row. Um, my takeaways though, watching the videos were just, uh, I think we're finally going to see some of these personalities. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for the masses to actually get to take in higher ground at higher ground, as opposed to like just little snippets here and there that you see on Twitter. Uh, you'll actually get to see like a, a good amount of footage from higher ground. So I think, uh, you know, the casual fans are going to actually get to see, um, maybe something that they haven't really seen before. Why are you throwing your hands up? Like it's not a spoiler. They're going to be there for two and a half weeks. You didn't think they were going to film there? Turn, turn around and look at your TV, Aaron. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That's all right. There's still another half inning. Three run bomb. Gross. Cam is not going to be happy that Mariano Hembry has fallen. <laughs> I I did see. I mean, they they got out of a bases loaded jam earlier, but man, um. So yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what they can do with with higher ground and and kind of how they present higher ground to the masses. Because um, like I said, I don't I don't think people have gotten to see too much of that. Um, and then just the personalities. I mean, we got to see. I think. I don't know how many people have gotten to see like Josh Wiley's actual personality. And you kind of got to see some of that in the, the bond that clearly him and Desmond Ritter share um, as, as Desmond Ritter was like hiking him a ball in, in one of the, the shoots that they did. Um, but no, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I don't know that any other program is doing this and maybe, maybe a couple are, who knows, but we've not been exposed to this, this deep into just what the what the program is so it's it's going to be a very cool experience for you know even just the casuals uc's content team is amazing it's yes. grown grown so much over the course of the last like two three years really and if i recall like fickle had a big a big hand in in uh like kind of shaping that program kind of based off of like i guess some stuff that was going on up at uh osu before you left right i do believe so but i mean also, when you're winning, it doesn't hurt to add money to the program either. So they've they've expanded how big the team is that's even doing mm -hmm. content for both football and basketball. Um, yeah. I mean, we've already seen, I think, more content in the last three months of basketball than we saw maybe the entire time John Brandon was here. Um, and I think some of that has to do with just the fact that they are growing those media teams and, and kind of allowing us to see a little bit more behind the curtain than we had been with uh with even the football team which was fairly transparent before in most people's estimation but it's very cool to see absolutely so bengal's camp opened up switching gears completely and joey burrow is 100 percent back on the field I don't know that he's necessarily a hundred percent. I know he's, he, I think he says he is, but obviously they're, they're taking their precautions with him in the preseason as 
I don't. I, I won't be surprised if we don't see a single snap out of him um, on the on the actual preseason game field. Uh, but we are getting to see the defense make a mockery of the offense here over the course of the last few days. And uh, I don't know what what do you guys think so far of what you've seen and what the media has offered you from from training camp here. And uh, what are your expectations going into the season? Jeff, go ahead. Oh. Uh, for one, I, I don't, I, I get keeping Burrow out of preseason because you don't want him to get hurt. I don't know that I necessarily agree with it. I just, you know, I mean, it's it's been a while since he's been in a live game of any sort. Um, I still think like probably not, you know, maybe a couple series that he should get with uh, in one of the preseason games. Uh, you need to get hit only, once no, to, to, to knock three. the rust off, right? You, you've only, I mean, I'm sure, you know, they, you, there's only three, right? Because yeah. there's 17 games now. Correct. So you've got three preseason games. So I don't know wherein these teams are going to shuffle in, uh, you know, their starters or whatever. I don't know that you put him out there against a team when they're, when they're running their guys out that are doing their best to make the team, because I feel like that's when you end up with a guy who, uh, you know, goes a little extra maybe after Burrow is throwing the ball and gets in there on him. Well, uh, ideally he wouldn't be running against guys that are necessarily trying to make the team. That, well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, put him, I don't, I don't know how they're, if he's running play. against the ones, those dudes are, those dudes are on the team, right? Right. You're not right. putting them up against the twos or the threes. Right. So, and that's what I was getting at. Like, I, I don't want to, you know, I still, I think he needs to get out there for some live snaps before the season starts. Um, but if they choose not to, um, yeah, he didn't, he didn't have any last year and he was doing fine. Um, and great point until he got hurt. So, um, yeah, uh, I think Joe Burrow is going to be back and better than ever. They said he went, he also went to Jordan Palmer's camp and added like, six miles an hour to his like i guess you know uh whatever and he already his, had zip like his, he, he was at 48 miles an hour he's at like i think 53 they clocked him at now and like guys like brett Favre were like 64 uh peyton manning was like 59 so he he's added to that so you know hopefully it's fast enough to get by the defense but not fast enough to break fingers because I know Brett Favre had <laughs> several broken <laughs> fingers to his to his credit. Um, well, before you uh, break down any other positions, we'll get to other positions because I, I do want to take a little bit of time on this, as this is really our last segment before mm-hmm. we're done here. Uh, but Taryn, what are your what are your initial thoughts on what you've seen so far out of Joe Burrow? Well, I'm gonna be uh, 100% transparent with you guys. Um, one, I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, so see Burrow struggling. Just gives me more hope for week one. Just week one, that, that win. Uh, so I, I don't mind. I don't mind Mr. Burrow struggling uh, up up until then. Now, past then, if he if he wants to become the best quarterback in the league, have at it. So but, you don't want to uh, see him do any preseason snaps. You want the first snaps to be against your first team offense, the first real real game time that he sees. Yes, against, against Mike Mike Zimmer's Minnesota Vikings defense. Yes, correct. We let you borrow. <laughs> yeah, can we? Oh. 
Well, you, 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 you might be able to have him back after this year. Uh, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll we can take you... Justin Jefferson, too. We're, we're trying to b- rebuild LSU here. Yeah, uh, you, can't, you, can't, you, can't, you can't have JJ. No. <laughs> <laughs> I might give you Kirk Cousins, though. You can have Kirk. Uh, I don't Joe. doubt you'd give up Kirk Cousins in a New York <laughs> second, man. Uh, but as far as uh, Burrow, um, I think you do have to run him out there. I mean, even like I said, even if it's just for if it's just for like one series, you need he needs to be out there, out there, get hit, like I said, and 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 shake and shake off the rust. Um, just hearing um, Tony Pike uh, report from here of uh, uh, being working here at ESPN fifteen thirty talking about it, talking about it, he basically said like it took him to get over the the mental lapse of coming off injury. It took him taking that one hit and and was like okay I, I, I took this hit I'm fine okay now now let's get now let's get going so obviously you don't want you don't want that to happen week happen week one um so yeah final week like week three if you just want to run out run him out there for a series and then pull him that's totally fine uh totally fine with me um yeah because we're, we're gonna talk about the rest of the team man so just for Joe Burrow, yeah. Uh, week three, I just run out there last last final game of the preseason, week three, and put him out there for a series. Some with you guys. I mean, I don't want to see Joe Burrow get hurt any more than anybody else does. I mean, I think that it was a ballsy move to sit on the throne during like their media pictures, just with the scar. That was the first I think anybody had really seen the scar as he's sitting on that that throne that they built for the introduction of the new stripes and was absolutely crazy to see that wicked knee scar. So I'm, I'm super excited to see him this year. Um, obviously, you know, kind of some of the toys they got to play him to play with. Um, it, it should be, it should be a fun season at the very least. And it's very interesting to see um, even some of the things that the upper management is doing to kind of embrace the culture of what's become a very strange and welcoming Twitter Bengals universe. Uh, we've had, you know, Bengals super fans on the show in, you know, uh, Captain Bengal and the Bengalorian and uh, Hootay Baby. We've, we've had them on the show. And just to see the way that this community has grown Bengals Twitter over the course of one off season has been absolutely insane. And then to see Mike Brown talk about, you know, I basically, he said, I fucked up. Like I I wasn't listening to the fans. My granddaughter's the only one who actually has the backbone to talk back to me. And I'm embracing what she's saying. I'm doing the ring of honor. And he's, it's very strange. I don't know how to feel about any of this because I feel like it's always been the world against Mike Brown and Mike Brown against the world. So it's, this has taken a completely new turn, but um, I'm excited about just everything they're doing right now. Joe Burrow being back is just kind of icing on the cake at this point. Like, I mean, for him to bounce back as quickly as he did, he exceeded all expectations. And, you know, again, just, the front office is also exceeding all expectations this offseason. So it's it's been a very strange offseason. And then it's also weird to see like all the national media people oh, like, they hate talking us. about the Bengals. No, no, they're I mean they're actually like 
I've seen quite a few like this year, like saying they're picking the Bengals to to make the playoffs and and everything. And and, and obviously you just a lot more Bengals coverage. I mean, obviously that's due to, due to Joe Burrow, but like I said, it's just been weird as like seeing like a lot more Bengals talk from the national media. Uh, this what's 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 the show? I think it's on ESPN uh, where the girl just keeps wearing Bengals gear. Um, good morning. Oh, Monday, good morning football. Is it Good Morning Football? I forget uh-huh. what her name. I forget what her name is, but yeah, she 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 started that last year. She was like she embracing did. the embracing the Hooday shirts and the yeah you know, like like old school ones. But the rest of the the rest of her coworkers also have been talking positively about the Bengals, and I think they're maybe the only show because I think ESPN as a, as a whole, yeah, I don't ESPN feel like yeah they don't they don't give us a whole lot of love. But uh, but but that particular show has been super hype. Um, and I, I know Boomer, finally, it feels like it's been, I don't know, a decade since Boomer Sison. Oh, I think we lost Aaron. Aaron has sometimes that good has... Th- Aaron? I'm back. Okay. I'm back. back. Um, but I, I feel like Boomer finally had some good things to say about this team. And it's been a, a decade since he did. So it's it's good to see that happening. Um, I know, you know, I, I we'll get to probably the offensive line next, but Frank Pollock kept all the all the offensive line guys after practice today because they had Anthony Munoz and they had uh, Dave Lapham talking to the guys and saying, these guys took the Bengals to the last Super Bowl they were in, and it, this is where we want to be. So listen to what they have to say. And they were the only unit, I believe, still on the, on the field after practice today doing that. But They presented, they presented Boomer with a... a- a new striped two. jersey, two of one for him, one for Gunner, right? Yes, one for his son. Yeah, I mean that that kind of stuff is awesome. And I know you've touched on it. We've had them all in like the super fan like explosion. I mean, there's like the Orange Arrow, the Bengals Flash, the Bengals Hulk, uh, a litany of Bengals Stormtroopers. I feel like have have popped yeah. up. I mean, it is it's nuts. And it, it, it all kind of, I think it all goes back to like what you said, you know, you've got uh, Mike Brown has somehow turned over a new leaf and is like embracing, embracing Cincinnati fandom for the Bengals, not kind of pushing back resistance on them. So I like it. I think it's going good places. So offensive line, a lot of the national pundits said, I can't believe you took a receiver, and we'll get to the receiving core, but I can't believe you took a receiver. You didn't take a generational tackle, which remains to be seen. Let's be all the way real. Instead, we brought a kid from Fairfield here in the second round who went to Texas, and they they brought Riley Reef in. They actually have... Um, Oh, our center's name. Um, I it evades me right now. Completely. Uh, Thank you. Um, he's he's back from injury way sooner than anybody anticipated because people were talking about he might not even be back here week one, and he's already back on the field. So that's great to see Trey Hopkins being back. Um, it's this this line. I don't think is as bad as people want to give it credit for. They they drafted so many linemen, both on offense and defense. I, I think it ended up being what, like eight of their eleven picks or something outrageous like that, like just in the trenches. So 
they did seal up. Whether you want to say that it wasn't a first-round talent remains to be seen, but I don't think that the line is in shambles the way that they want to paint it out to be, unlike, I don't know, Pittsburgh or Miami, where nobody's talking about how bad their lines are. So what are you expecting to see out of the lines, or out of the offensive line anyway, as this season progresses? I expect to see a lot because uh, you, you guys stole one of my offensive linemen in uh, Riley Reef from Minnesota, and You're he's welcome. a damn he's a damn good lineman. He didn't have so, any sacks last year, right? Gave up no correct. sacks. Correct. Um, I'm I'm kind of upset uh, we let we let him go, but uh, he'll he'll be down there uh, providing veteran leadership. He he will protect Joe. And I just I mean, like I said, you took guys in the draft along with Riley Reef in the offseason. This office line is 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 much improved uh, from years past. So, I mean, obviously they still have to get out there and, and and show it. But as of right now, the office line is 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 much better. Well, and I did hear that Frank Pollock made Jonah Williams put on weight, which actually doesn't surprise me at all because he comes in and he's, I mean, he's literally like the dude. Like, I mean, just comes in here and he's just like, this is how it's gonna be. I'm Frank Pollock, yo. And I mean, you heard you've heard Trey Hopkins in his his post practice pressers rave about the fact that he's back. Um, Joe Mixon, I don't think I, he might have been the most excited because it, I correct me if I'm wrong, but he, I think he led the league when Frank was here last, um, or or at least was up there anyway. I think led um, AFC. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, what's not to be excited about Frank Pollock being? back in the house. I think that's maybe the biggest improvement that this line could have possibly had and getting, you know, the guy who used to be here and, and the shenanigans that came with him, um, you know, getting him out of here is, is nothing but a breath of fresh air for everybody. And it, it gives Zach Taylor somebody to hold him accountable as opposed to just being one of his guys. So we had Frank here before. It's a good thing, but Jeff, what are your thoughts? Look, all I'm looking for out of this offensive line this year is to keep Joe Burrow safe, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that, that, that's their only job. And we saw too many times last year where it seemed like they were unable. I don't know if they, if they were in bad shape. I don't know if they were taking plays off. Like, I... I don't know what was going on, but there were there were several highlights where Joe Burrow was taking a shellacking, and it yeah. looked like some guys weren't doing their job. Um, well, that game and, where he got injured against, yeah, I mean, you cut out for most of that, but I could tell what uh, you were saying. And <laughs> so I said the Washington so, game that that wasn't the only hit he took when he got injured. No, I mean, and, and it it wasn't the only time he was taking hits, right? So yeah, you know, I think you know you got a guy like you, Frank Pogs coming back. They're excited about him. Um, I think, I think he's going to get things you know put back in order. You did get you picked up Riley Rife, who uh, Aaron is sad about, um, but I'm happy that we we've got him here. And I, I mean, I just I'm just looking for them to perform at a professional level. Well, with Andy Dalton being gone, we had a roster spot open for Gingers. So we took the best one. Fair enough. 
Hey, do you see Andy Dalton? Did you see Andy Dalton rocking the mountain man like monster oh beard? My with God. Like a, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. He should have had a beard his whole career. I think he's a whole new man. Oh man. <laughs> hey, how do you feel about how do you feel about Andy Dalton and the Bears against your Vikings? Oh, I'm feeling very good. As long as Andy Dalton's a quarter. But no, I can't say that. I can't say that because Andy Dalton did lead the Cowboys last year uh in Minnesota and and, and beat us. So I can't say that. Um <laughs> I, I, just, I just feel honestly, honestly, I, I, but really, I feel their defense. Like that defense is, is still one hundred percent legit. It's crazy, um, but I think we'll do a lot better, a lot better job if Andy Dalton's uh, up under center compared to Justin Fields. I fear Justin Fields more. Than I do, I do Andy Dalton. All right. I don't know that we're going to give you another opportunity to talk about your uh, your Vikings again, unless you're talking <laughs> about trading Justin Jefferson here. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll welcome him with open arms. Open arms, man. Like, well, as, as long as long as you're returning uh, Joe Burrow, that ain't man. it. That ain't no. it, bro. All right, <laughs> bad trade. Nah, I don't think we have the salary cap space for it. To be quite honest, yeah. that yeah. is a horrible contract. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk about the weapons that that because getting kind of late here, but we we do have wide receivers. We've we've added a very large piece in Jamar Chase. Tight end, they added a Thaddeus Moss. You bring back a CJ Uzama. Joe Mixon now behind a line that might actually be competent because that's how Frank Pollock works. What are you looking forward to seeing with the weapons that Joe Burrow has put or, or the weapons that they've put around Joe Burrow, rather? And it's just going to be, like I said, I'm just, I'm just reliving, especially with uh, Jamar Chase. It's just, I just go, go back and, I mean, go back and look at that 2019 uh, LSU season. Amazing. Thing of beauty. Uh, the Bengals obviously, I mean, have one of the best wide receiver uh, cores in, in the NFL. Uh, Would you put him like four. top five, top ten? Where Where are you feeling right now? Right now, right now, I would I would say I would say top ten. I have really had to sit down and think before I say top five, but easily I top agree. ten. I think it's really hard to put him in the top five with Jamar Chase still kind of being an unknown. But I'm comfortable putting them in the top ten for sure. I don't know that I don't know that they're not the the top receiving core even in the conference, but I don't know that I don't know that they are either. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is going to be this is going to be uh, interesting to see how they how they balance it out this year because obviously Joe Mixon is coming back. He paid him he paid him all that money. Um, I don't imagine you have Burrow. Man, I hope this is the case. Have Burrow throwing the ball sixty plus times. Um, again this season, so I'm, I'm just I'm just interested well, to see how how the Bengals are are, are going to balance out the run game uh, with the pass game. Like I said, with all these weapons Burrow has at his disposal. What you got, Jeff? I think it's going to be interesting. Um, you've got a guy like Joe Mixon who can. You know he can carry the he can carry the team, um, but you can give him some breaks. I mean, you're going to be they can't stack the box on him, 
right? I mean, right. they're they're not going to be able to. He he said it himself. He's like, go ahead, do it, because then Burrow's got you know a, a group of receivers that he could just play catch with all day. So let, let's do that. And, and if I guess the Reds just lost, is that your? Yep. Great. I guess I'll just turn off my stream. Thanks. You're um, <laughs> but it, it's one of those things like, you know, they, they're not going to be able to stack the box against Mixon, which is then going to open up the, the field for him. And if he's running all over you and you decide that you're going to try and, and do it that way, you've got a group of receivers that are just as dangerous. When your fourth, when your fourth best receiver is out in tape, mm. that's not terrible. No, I mean it's between Higgins and and Chase and Boyd and and then Auden Tate. Like, just pick one because those guys are are all have all shown that they can perform at a high level. Um, so is CJ. I know he's coming off a terrible yeah. injury, but he's right. he's done the same. Like, yeah, and that's not even touching the tight ends. So, like, correct. I, as long as I mean, it goes back to as long as that offensive line can provide the proper coverage to make sure that Joe's not running for his life back there. I think they're gonna be fine. So to transition from body numbers to transition from that particular comment that you're worried about the offensive line, the fact that you bring in a Jamar Chase when we didn't have an over-the-top receiver last year because AJ Green was a shell of himself last year. I mean. You just alleviated yourself of potentially, I mean, who knows how many coverage sacks that opens up. Not to mention the fact that T. Higgins is now your your two. Okay, cool. And Tyler Boyd is now my slot. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Like, how many coverage sacks did you just figure out because you've got a guy that can get open at any given moment who also, by the way, has crazy chemistry with this quarterback? So it's going to be a wild ride of a season. But let's talk about the defense. And we'll talk about the defense as a whole just to wrap this all up without talking about special teams because I think the dude who's kicking 60 yarders in practice has the job. Done and done. Seal the deal. If this isn't going to be talking about the, the, the Florida Gator with the cannon leg. The, or is it Evan or, or Evan, Evan McGregor? McPherson. McPherson. Okay. Um, just seal the deal on that. And I'm not sure what they're going to do with punter. If, if Kevin Huber makes another year here, or if they go with the young kid in uh, the Ohio state kid, um, we'll see. I'm not terribly concerned about punter to be quite honest. They're both <laughs> good punters. I think you can say that. Well, hopefully but, you don't have to see the punter this much this right. season. I'm with yeah. you hundred percent with you on that. So let's talk about the defense. We've seen the defense making plays already in the short camp thus far. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I, I, I am not surprised either because generally speaking, it takes the offense a little bit to get clicking, not to mention the fact that, oh, I don't know, your quarterback was injured last year. You have a new number one receiver. Everybody's kind of T Higgins is figuring out what it is to be a solid two, AJ Green. Who knows who the one and two were at that point? But I think the the, the roles are pretty well defined right now. And so 
the defense is the offense is figuring it out. Defense is capitalizing. Defense also stacks some weapons with the signing of Mike Hilton, with the s- signing of uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Awuzi, 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 Awuzi. I was way off. He's from. He was what the uh, Cowboys? He came from the Cowboys. Yes, he did come from the Cowboys, and he he said he wanted to be part of this. Like he he was on record saying that he wanted to be a part of this team, particularly, which is crazy coming from Dallas. So they made some moves. They brought some guys in. They swap out a Carl Lawson for a is it, is it Hickerson. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Hendrickson. 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 There we go. It's getting late. I've had some beers. <laughs> um, from the Saints, who yeah. had mm-hmm. a great year in sacks last year. It's a it's a different look offense, or I'm sorry, defense. When you know you don't even have your number one linebacker from last year at this point, and that's not to say that you don't necessarily bring him back. I don't. I'm. I'm not even sure he's landed with anybody at this point. Josh. Uh, uh, Josh. Uh, uh, I was gonna say not Evans. No, the, he came from the the Ravens last year. He was on a one year deal. Uh, B- uh, Bynes. Yes, Joshua Bynes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's a whole new look as far as as, as some of the defense goes. You lost the uh, um, the corner, um, William Jackson the third. I'm really struggling. Yeah. Oh, good lord! <laughs> um, but you have a lot of new pieces too. So, what are your guys' thoughts on the defense? And we'll wrap it up and get. Uh, for me. Uh... Like I said, defense. Like I said, the defense has been looking good so far um, in camp. So far, I would say it's a good thing to see. I mean, and hell, besides the last game last year against uh, final game against Baltimore last year, for the past for those past few weeks, like the defense has has really stepped up, and like I guess they carried some of that momentum over into training camp this year. Uh, my only concern for this defense is that uh, Trey Wayne's, who who the Bengals. Paid like a number one receiver. Thank God, he was Swooped. he was terrible for moving to the Vikings. Um, but you paid him. You paid him to be a number one receiver, and I don't think he. I don't think he has been a part of a training camp as of yet. Um, but like you said, they they replace uh Carl Lawson with uh Trey Hendrickson. Um, linebacker play is it, is still 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 interesting to me. Question marks I mean, for sure. Yeah, you got some. You got some guys there, but uh, me personally, I, I always, I always feel like a team. You, you need that one, at least that one solid linebacker who you know is is going to go out there and make plays. And Logan Wilson and, showed, and showed flashes of that last year, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, obviously, you got Jesse Jesse Bates, one of the best safeties, and not the best safety in football. He's not uh, getting a whole lot of love nationally. Yes, true. I mean, but PFF graded him last year as the best safety in all of football. Yeah, but he still plays for the Bengals, so people overlook it. I think they're ranking him right now at like four. 
which I can't. Uh, That's my safety. I, yeah, I can't name. I, I don't. I think I can name four safety, three safeties better than him. No. But but yeah, but, yeah, but uh, but and then once again, the return of a uh, DJ Reader is, is going to be a big help to that defensive line as well. Um, I expect the Bengals to come come out and and perform a lot a lot better. Like I said, my biggest question is just that one side of uh of Trey Wayans. I have to see him do it before I, I'm a believer in him. But that's that'll be my biggest question mark for that Bengals defense. What you got, Jeff? I mean that's that's pretty uh pretty well my thoughts, but you go and you look at the last couple of days from obviously they just started kind of you know running some seven on sevens and some stuff like that down there and you you get these little clips that come out and and these defensive guys are are going in there you know hard they're breaking up passes they're stripping the ball I think they're gonna be I think they'll be a pretty tough squad it looks like uh, I think today uh, Chidubia Woozy uh, stayed after practice and, and was continuing to work uh, and apparently he broke up a this is from Dan Horde's uh, Twitter uh, I guess he you know had a couple deflections and and broke up a pass to Jamar pass. Ch- yeah, down to uh, a pass to Jamar Chase okay that's um, what Dan Horde's I'm sure there's probably one of those in there too because he had it said several deflections Maybe, no so. I think it was a Mike Mike Hilton on on a and Mike on Tyler Hilton, Boyd. Like, like think about that like bringing a guy in like that from the from Steelers, Pittsburgh. You know, you bring him in, and and he kind of said the same things that you know these other guys have been saying that have been coming here and and signing with the Bengals. Like, I want to be a part of this. Like, it's that Joe Burrow effect. Yes, and, it is. And, and on top of the fact that, like, you know, you you can look at it like it's this Joe Burrow effect of like getting getting guys to come here, but then there's that other effect of I want to now perform and maybe perform at a, a level above what I've ever done because I'm coming here to play for this guy that, you know, I think so highly of, I'm not just going to, you know, quote unquote, mail it in. And, and I think go we got on. a shot. Right. Right. So, so I mean, it's I'm to looking be for good things. Obviously there's going to be probably, you know, a little bit, what it, we're like a week out from the first preseason game. Week and a half. Yes. Like mm-hmm. that. So, you know, obviously, those first couple of preseason games, we'll, we'll see some of the guys that are scrapping to try and grab a special team spot or whatever they're, you know, they're, they're working towards. Um, but, you know, we might get a couple flashes of, of some of these other guys in the early preseason games, and then we'll be ready to go in the jungle. I can't wait to get the season started. I mean, I live two blocks north of the stadium, so it's going to be rocking down here. And I'm, excited to see people back in tailgates especially you know with without what you gotta you gotta go down there and 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 sneak into tailgates i don't Uh, have to sneak in uh, week one week one for me i'm gonna be down there in my jj uh, jersey uh gritty and all throughout tailgates so if you see a guy (laughs) gritty and and justin jefferson jersey that's me i'm trying i'm trying to find i'm trying to find bengal jim's tailgate because he is sponsored by i I think mad tree and it's all you can drink free beer it's just there for the taking so i am trying to be at bengal gyms so maybe that's it aaron maybe you can you can yell and cheer for the Bengals, but then you can sit quiet in the press box on saturdays no i'm gonna i'm gonna yell from my window at my apartment 
because I'm going <laughs> to go to the tailgate and then I'm going to go back and watch the game at my house where it's warm the whole time. So, so, you so basically all, 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 the, all the built up and all the built up emotion from the UC game that the Saturday before is all going to be on out to sea for the world to see on Sunday. I mean, what, what, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do about any of it. I don't know what to do about any of it. So final, final idea here is uh, just while we have Taryn here, just throw out a number. Final record, the expected Bengals, just because you have, we have you here. Um, Keep in mind, 17 games. Right, that, that, that's, that's what I'm trying to It throws you off a little bit. You can't go 10 and 6 or 8 and 8 or. Uh, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, ten and seven, and just bare and just barely missing the uh, that third uh, wild card spot. I'm gonna say nine and eight right now until we see a little bit more out of camp. I'm I'm on the I'm on the ten and seven bandwagon. All right. No. Well. Taryn, thank you on a very, very late notice for joining us. I, it was a half hour before the podcast started that Absolutely. I reached out. So thank you for coming on with us. We do appreciate it. Um, no problem. I hope I didn't sound like too much of an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. It's, it's all good vibes here, man. Good vibes only, right? Exactly. Big, big facts. Yes, sir. So this was another episode of Part in the Punctuation. I am Aaron Smith. This was Jeff Howell. And again, thank you, Taryn. You can find him at Taryn Bland, T-A-R-R-E-N-B-L-A-N-D. And sometimes you can hear him on the radio when he is doing his Moegger show. Uh, and I think Chad probably gives you more airtime than maybe Mo does. But Yeah, just a little, just a little bit more. A little bit more. Then I also do a, also DJ on the radio 102.3 to beat every Friday and Saturday night at 10 PM. So you guys out at OTR, if y'all driving downtown or whatever, turn on 102.3 to beat. You'll hear me. There it is. Cool. So this, this was part of the punctuation and we're out. Bye.